0: There lived a certain man in Russia long ago. He was big and strong, and his eyes a flaming glow. Most people looked at him with terror and with fear, but to Moscow chicks, he was such a lovely deer. He could preach the Bible like a preacher, full of ecstasy and fire, but he also was the kind of teacher women would desire. And that was Rasputin by Boney M. <laughs>
1: okay, okay, I'm feeling it already. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Listen, we looked up how much it would be to play that song on the podcast, and it would be way too much. So we're just going to speak the words. <laughs> Jimmy's like, it's not that bad. I'm like, how much? He's like 200 per Whatever, and I was like, "Mm mm-mm, no. Well, first of all, we make zero dollars and zero cents from the podcast right now, so that's
1: going to be a hard no.
0: (laughs) We only buy things that are free 30, okay? (laughs)
1: Exactly.
0: (laughs) If you haven't guessed already, we're going to talk about Rasputin today. Rasputin and the Romanovs. I know that seems kind of odd for a true crime slash cryptid slash ghost podcast, but there is crimes afoot, okay? And we're inclusive. Very inclusive. All people we love are history. welcome to be covered
1: on our podcast.
0: We got to do some history. You know, it's a little bit more detached. It doesn't feel as real as, you know, maybe necessarily finding out about a murder that happened last week. Maybe it's a Murdoch thing, you know. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about that, please. Uh, I considered doing that one time. Oh, please don't. Not for a was- while. And I was going to do it, and that was before the trial, before the Netflix special. And I started looking, and I was like, oh, my God, I lived near these people in the Low Country. The last thing I want to do is talk about more rich, white lawyers. Thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. And then it blew the fuck up. Now, it's interesting. Don't get me wrong, but it's the Low Country. If anybody even covers it, I'm like, next. I don't even want to hear about it. Okay, Ariana Grande, Next. Thank you. <laughs> so let's talk about this, the sauces real quick. So last podcast on the left, they did their own series on Rasputin. It's episodes 310 to 313. There is the book, Rasputin, The Untold Story by Joseph T. Furman. Rasputin, The Devil in the Flesh, which <laughs> is another book. Uh, Wikipedia, Encyclopedia Britannica. Okay. It still exists, right? NPR. And there's a Netflix miniseries called The Last Czars, which is... Maybe 80% factual. So it's a whole lot of classy reenactments. Nice. Russ Rasputin is someone that for a long time, I never really knew anything apart of, you know, besides the 1997 cinematic masterpiece of Anastasia, where he had a BFF named Bartok. (laughs) That was a bat, which sound off queen. Okay. (laughs) I want a bat BFF too. (laughs) Could you imagine how adorable that would be? little... Sassy I, bar
1: talk. I know Rasputin's name, but I'm gonna tell you the truth. I don't really recall much about him, so this
0: is gonna be a learning episode. For <gasps> me. I love it. Well, it's gonna be a series. <laughs> okay, a learning. So you get series. ready. We're gonna know so much about more the... than I probably ever wanted to know. Huh? Yeah, and also I planned this to talk about Rasputin and the Russians, not even thinking about this war in Ukraine. So please don't think I'm <laughs> glorifying, you know, El uh, Putin. Over there, well, I don't feel like you're gonna go for glorifying,
1: glorifying him in this.
0: Well, yeah, I, you feel bad for these people that were the Russian monarchy, but at the same time, they were a bunch of really inbred idiot white kid rich kids. You know what I mean? Like, you know who my dad is, kind of types. <laughs> so, I really you can't mm. feel too bad, I guess. Um, no. But as an adult, the his story is actually much deeper, and he truly is a linchpin to. That led to the downfall of the last Russian Tsar. It ended a dynasty that lasted about 300 years. Wow. So we're going to talk so about. So is he a good guy or a bad guy? Good and bad. Okay. Um, Just want to get a little context
1: of how my emotions need to go.
0: Honestly, Rasputin, you you kind of, he's cheeky and you're kind of like, you know what? Mis- respect. But also at the same time, you, you know. JJ, do you know who Rasputin is? Of course you do. Of course he does. He's all things history. <laughs> so, oh man, that's, now I feel like the pressure. You should. He's here live. He may correct you. Are you going to give me like some like serious, like, that's not true, Jen. Eyes. Like, because <laughs> listen, fact check me now. Don't embarrass me later, JJ. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let it air and then be like, <laughs> Becky, Jennifer had this, this, and this wrong. Listen to this dumb bitch. <laughs> I didn't have this on History Channel. First of all, he would never say that. Those <laughs> words about you. <laughs> he's like, Jimmy, he's like, confirm no. Mm-mm. Uh-uh. Confirm no. That's, a, that's where it stops. So, are <laughs> you a bitch? I value my life too much. Because <laughs> <laughs> this bitch is crazy. <laughs> Fuck yeah, we are. <laughs> Rasputin. He was born in Siberia, January 10th, 1869. Long ago, but not so long ago. But if you think about Siberia, I don't know how much you know about it. I really don't know. Didn't know a whole lot until I researched. I've been there twice.
1: You've been to Siberia? No, but I'm glad that like, you believed me. Well, listen, <laughs> my lying game is stepping up a notch. You did live in Germany for a while. It's <laughs> like, wait a second,
0: did they have you stop it? I feel like that's very out of the that way. Was where was. <laughs> <laughs> that's where our layover was. Jimmy ended up in what was the country that you were in layover? Romania. So like. I would believe the army would do some dumbass shit like that. (laughs) True, true, true. He was like, it's just like Euro Trip.
1: (laughs) Just like the meme I made of you guys on the train. Yes.
0: (laughs) So Siberia, it is four and a half million square miles of nothing. Mm. And generations of that has been nothing. And it's a place of exile, really. It's fucking cold. It's Russian potatoes without any seasoning. Potatoes like and... Like raw-ass potatoes. Nobody
1: around. Nobody it around. sounds like a dream to me, honestly, because if I was on a deserted island, my one food I would pick is potatoes. But it would be so cold for you. I would... It's all right. I can build a I would fire in a log cabin.
0: That's and true. And I can
1: make those potatoes, mash, fry, <laughs> <bake. laughs> <laughs> Boil mash them, stick them in a stew. Exactly. <laughs> so, so you're just
0: describing my best life. <laughs> That was a Lord of the Rings reference. Oh, because okay. <laughs> <laughs> what you know? What I loved is that you were like, you know what? I love that life, and both of them are like. <laughs> <laughs> have you heard about Second Breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> the nerd is so strong right now in this room. It I'm is. so sorry, Becky. It is. I apologize. I will I refrain from the any more pressure. Of those of the nerd crap. Cloud crushing me. <laughs> the pressure is so big. <laughs> so 77% of Russia's land is in Siberia, but less than a quarter of its population lives there. Oh wow. Yeah. So uh it's cold and it's desolate, like my heart with a Russian twist. <laughs> <laughs> And there's the Jennifer I know and love. <laughs> I was like, God damn it. Start now strong. Real strong. Solid. <laughs> it was said that the night that Rasputin was born, there was a large comet that shot across the sky above their home, making him destined to be, you know, making him destined to be great and do great things. There was somebody else we covered that had something like that when they were born. I can't remember now. Oh, Gilles DeRay. Yeah, under Who the Black there? Star. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Girl! Thanks! <laughs> <laughs> but that story was made up. He did not really get <laughs> boring um. under that, you know. <laughs> uh, a lot of things have been said about his birth and his childhood, and they're made up and based in the occult and mysticism. Probably because shit is boring as fucking in Siberia. <laughs> and why not make life exciting by adding some credence to some wild stories? Duh. His father, F.M., was a fat, stooped peasant farmer and church elder who had been born in Polkraskovia in 1842. Show off! Uh, they, t- <laughs> I, is said in every one of these documentaries like 30 uh-huh. million times. <laughs> so by the end, I'm like Polkraskovia. <laughs> I'm basically Russian now. I'm basically. <laughs> I look at me. Do I not look like vodka? Thank you. <laughs> You do look like you grew up in Siberia with the... the Right? Yes. I do not look like how it's, People will be like, you were really born in Florida? You're awful pale. I can see all your veins. <laughs> I can see your organs. And <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> translucent. <laughs> he was born in Polkroskovia in 1842. And just like many Russians, he loved strong vodka. And he married Rasputin's mother, Anna, in 1863. Just some regular old Siberian peasants doing their Siberian things, living their best Siberian lives. Good for them. And you know what you do when you're in a cold, desolate place? You make you a nothing. lot of babies. You are so good. <laughs> they had seven <laughs> fucking other children, all who died in infancy. Oh, shit. <laughs> early childhood, dude. That took like a dark turn real quick. <laughs> I know. Would you expect anything less?
1: I probably would have stopped after the second or third one died. I'd be like, I'm going to call it a wrap. This is not meant to be.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the infant mortality rate in Russia is astonishingly high at the time as you can tell, that they had eight children and seven kicked a bucket. Well, you know, that
1: was probably back in the days when they laughed at the guy who said, you should wash your hands.
0: They're yeah, like, like rubbish. We were living having a conversation because I read an article yesterday that California is banding, like, Skittles and some other brands because they have found there are certain parts of these candies that have car- well-known carcinogens in it. Yeah, and Jimmy's well. like, what the fuck? And I was like, you know what? What do you think people did in, like, 1970s when they discovered that maybe you shouldn't be drinking hard liquor while you're pregnant? Like, ain't nothing wrong with my baby. She's got a little bit of a soft head,
1: but. (laughs) Maybe whenever they were like, if I spread this radium all over my face, it gives me a
0: glow. (laughs) (laughs) Look how shiny I am. (laughs) What do they think fucking Hot Cheetos has in it? Oh, my God. That is not a natural color. You're right.
1: You're right. Hmm. Oh, but thanks for eliminating Skittles. <laughs> Take a little more joy out of my life, California. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> Not much else is known about um, Ephraim and his wife, Anna, in terms of hobbies and, and all, but we do have rumors. His father was supposedly a sex addict. And he obviously, would... he had eight children. <laughs> yeah. And he would even have sex with Rasputin's mother while she was pregnant, which was a big <gasps> thing. Go. Clutch thy pearls, okay? Ugh. So, once when she refused to have sex, it was said, he screamed, which means, hurry up, push it out. <laughs> <laughs> which resulted in his childhood nickname, pushed out Grishka. Hi, <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> <ay>, <laughs> There was also a rumor of a handyman seeing his parents having anal sex, but... When vaginal sex became too difficult, but bruh, what handyman is this? Is it BTK? How are you just <laughs> happening upon anal sex? And how
1: do you even know? How close were you to know it was anal sex? Because even if you had her bent like, over the which bed, orifice? how do you know which hole it was fucking
0: in? Like, sir, I'm gonna need you to back up. Were you the handyman peeping through the glory hole that you had cut? Was it into- like a seventies porn? I'm a handyman coming in, <laughs> helping it, it out. Copy machine. <laughs> Wink, wink. (coughs) I'm so confused, but carry on. So uh, there was more, you know, and all of these were likely fabricated because Rasputin became a target of a smear campaign due to him being very unpopular. It's that part of his smear campaign. They're like,
1: don't vote for Rasputin. His father did it up his mom's ass one time, and the anti man saw. And they were like, I'll never give him my vote. (laughs) Never. <laughs> what
0: in the Russia? <laughs> what in this Siberian snowdrifts is going on? <laughs> what in the Siberian snowdrifts? <laughs> what in the pushed out Grishka?
1: Damn burn. He saw his mom getting it. <laughs> like, All right. That's a head scratcher. <laughs> <laughs>
0: he's, he's very unpopular, but you know, like. Russian mean girls, but in a fucked up way. Um, his parents were disturbed by his visions of divine forces. Because he was just a very fucking weird kid. All in a place, you know, magic's considered real and malevolent. You have this kid doing these weird ass things, being like, weird. Like, here's <laughs> one. Okay, here's here's an example. He was at his house and he had like a huge fever and was sick. And his dad was drinking Rush drinking russian drinking vodka a with white all his russian. russian buddies his white russians <laughs> and they were talking about this local guy whose horse got stolen <laughs> and they're like they were of course as one as a siberian peasant we Does. want to do and apparently rasputin got up and as a very sickly russian kitty goes he stole the horse well that sounded more german but i digress <laughs> <laughs> They're all like his dad's. Like, oh my god, I'm so embarrassed. Sorry, guys. He's really sick. He's feverish. And she's probably making it up. Well, a couple of the Russian guys were like, he looked like he was legit, though. So they followed the guy who had been in. He looked like he was telling the truth. <laughs> he didn't look like he was a lie. I know he was delirious and fell down and had a seizure afterwards. But uh. tell me what part of that looked false. So they snuck after this guy. That was the assumed thief. And that night they found the guy trying to move the horse out of his barn. He really had (laughs) been the thief. So it was either, you know, actual divine guidance or luck. (laughs) Luck. He he picked the white, the white, the right Russian out of the lineup. You know what I mean? Or he was a seer. (laughs) That's it. So, you know, he, he was... He did all these other weird things. Like, he was terrified of shadows because he thought ghosts lived in them. And he was a profuse bedwetter. So, even then, like, could you imagine being known as a bedwetter, though, like, a hundred fucking years later? No, that would be sad. <laughs> like, you didn't have even Facebook back then. Okay? I love All the motherfucking things that I did. And y'all can't get over the fact that I wet the fucking bed till I was eight. Like, you would do some cool shit, pick out the the right, the white, the right, god damn it, the right Russian. Jennifer's film very racist. <laughs> I mean, apparently, fuck them white people, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm right uh, there with you, though. <laughs> <laughs> what in the white people? But then you're known for also being a bedwetter, which we also know is kind of a sign mm-hmm. of being a little bit of a psycho.
1: You got to have your yin and
0: your yang, you know? Yeah. For every good, you got to have bad. Exactly. So he uh, only had one friend and his his cousin named Dimitri. And so they both went uh, canoeing or boating in like a frigid w- river because Siberia. <laughs> <laughs> they both fell out and they both caught pneumonia from being in that cold water. Well, Dimitri died and Rasputin lived. And because Dimitri was the only kid that would hang out with him... Rasputin was like, Well, shit, I guess I'm gonna start hanging out with horses now. He became like a horse whisperer. He became a brony. I'm not mad at you. (laughs) (laughs) He was said that he could communicate with horses and lay hands. Okay. Like Tammy Faye Baker. All right. And fix them up. Right. Okay. He would phrase things weirdly and he had a disjointed way of moving. And it kind of makes me think of the girl from the Ring movie when they she gets out of the TV. She's like, eh, oh, eh, oh, eh. like that, like. The, but he's in the horse stables doing it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, horsey!
1: <laughs> and they're like, "Nah," and he's like, "I know, bro. I know."
0: Dimitri would agree too, but RIP. Throw one out for the homies, you know. <laughs> Pour some vodka out. Lick a salt block for him. <laughs> <laughs> block.
1: Do horses even lick salt blocks? yes okay cool (laughs) they do though
0: i'm pretty sure they do jimmy you had a horse. time for a fun fact jimmy (laughs) fun fact (laughs) jimmy's fun facts most of the time when you hear of salt licks you think of hunters using them to attract deer but they are in fact used for horses as well horses have a diet of three primary foods grass or hay whole or minimally processed grains and pelleted horse feed pelleted horse feed contains all the trace minerals a horse needs to be healthy but the grass and grains do not. Hence the need to use salt blocks and pastures as a supplement. Just like in humans, salt helps horses replace lost electrolytes due to sweating and promotes healthy bone and muscle growth. <laughs> Anyways. So, Grigory was also known as Grishka to the town folk, which means friend. There was a rumor that his family was so poor they didn't have a last name. <laughs> what the fuck does <laughs> that it's- Like. Your mama was so poor; she didn't even <laughs> have a last name. This even makes sense. <laughs> I know. So Rasputin was m- said to mean drunk. So basically, his name was Gregory the Drunk. Okay. <laughs> and it's base. It's also truly Rasputin is a geographical destination, meaning like a crossroads. So another possible origin Are could be like a Rasputitsa. I didn't think I'd end up at the crossroads so soon. There's no an drunk. <laughs> and so uh, which means muddy Siberian spring season that makes travel impossible. So he's either Greg the drunk Greg the crossroads or Greg
1: it's fucking muddy out here y'all. You can't have a cool name like the Native Americans <laughs> where their name is like something and it means like White lightning horse, and you're like, that's fucking badass, dude. Yeah, that's right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not the Russians. You and you, you're muddy. That's. <laughs> I'm like, love it. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> he was, as a child, also known to be a sniveler and snot nosed, and that carried on into his adulthood um, when he became a lecherous and drunken thief and blasphemer. oh So. Snot nose and whiff of vodka aside, the legend of his mesmerizing eyes actually started in his youth. They were piercing and icy blue, and it was said he could contract and expand his pupils, mesmerizing people. Described as disturbing and alarming, yet alluring, he would stare at you without blinking, and people said his look could charm the pants off a snake, basically. They didn't say that word for word. There was no dry quotes there. But also, could you imagine... Losing a blinking contest, Rasputin. (laughs) Just the smell aside, like, how could you, how are your eyes not watering? Like, well, that's why they keep losing to him. (laughs) (laughs) But when you look at pictures of him, you can see how blue his eyes are because it's black and white, but it's still like very defined eyes. And then the way he looks at you is a very unsettling. It's almost like when you go to the ER in like a ghetto area. Um, like Brunswick, Georgia, where Mm -hmm. I would always go to the ER because that's all I could afford. And that'd be there, that weird crackhead just standing in the corner just staring at you. Right. You can tell even in the black and white pictures how... Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he would even, you know, just talk disjointed, like Christopher Walken, but not as cool. He looks like he talks disjointed. You would think that he was, like, maybe a lizard in a human skin. He would just, like... Jerky and unnatural in his movements. I found a color photo of him. Do you think that's from the time or that it's digitally re enhanced? <laughs> 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 Possibly digitally enhanced. Maybe. Because he was with the um, Romanovs in like the teens. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm so, just. Damn, he was 6'4. Sorry. Carry could on. you imagine trying to figure out though, like, how do they do that? How they colorize? How do they. Are you getting them colors right? Like, how can you tell what was pink and what was purple when you just got a black and white photo? I digress. These are the little thoughts that I have in my head. When you're trying to sleep at night? Yes. Yeah, same. It's three o'clock in the morning looking about eyeballs and not wanting to vomit. <laughs> How did they know that curtain was purple? How did they know? How? <laughs> How did they know that pushed out Grishka had icy blue eyes? I <laughs> let <laughs> both of us cocked our head and said, mm, mm, mm-hmm. Tell me more. So his family, much like other Siberian peasants, were illiterate and highly religious. And they would go on regular pilgrimages to monasteries all over Siberia. Some families do Disney, but his family trudged through the desolate of the winter to visit cheery monasteries. We do Disney. Yeah. I would <laughs> much rather. Um, at 17, his family allowed him to go on his own pilgrimage on his, you know, just solo. So mm-hmm. what what do you call it? Romsprinka? Mm. Oof. I feel like the Russians would outdo the Amish on Rumspringer. Uh, for sure. They're already drunk. They will outdrink <laughs> them for sure. <laughs> so he met a girl named Praskovia Dubrovina at the Feast of the Assumption of the Virgin Mary. Aww. She was 20 years old, which she was considered to be an old maid at the time. Most people started early in life um, having children, as the life in Siberia was a dismal early 30s. <laughs>
1: Damn, that bitch was like, Fixing the die. like that She's bitch like, is about to. I'm on my deathbed. Will you marry me? She's like cocoon
0: age, like 1995 <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> era. But like, can she even have kids anymore? Does she even have teeth? <laughs> Probably not. Actually, <laughs> that might be a plus at that time. Uh, sorry, that made me want to gag so bad because baths yeah. were not a thing. No, they weren't. His hair was
1: looking awful greasy in them pictures.
0: Oh, we'll talk about that. Uh, <laughs> yay! And so he brought her home. As his wife, a few months later, to introduce her to her family and have children, the first three children died from scarlet fever and whooping cough, respectively. The next three did survive. Wait a minute,
1: there's no way because they had to have had like natural immunity and stuff. I mean, you know, why else would we have made vaccines because people <laughs> didn't really die from that stuff, Jennifer. So check your facts.
0: I better. I mean, let me get my shit together. Okay, Carry this on. feels like big government. It does. But whatever. You always find a way to bring it in, don't you, Jennifer? (laughs) (laughs) Always me and my, my, my scenes. (laughs) So the next three did survive into the adulthood. And then they had a seventh child that also died in infancy. But in this time, this was just seen as a manifestation of God's will. Like, these kids weren't destined to live. Survival of the fittest. I mean, it was survival of the fittest then. I mean, they looked at those kids as like, okay, that's going to be my next farm worker. Like, and they were like eee. like ah damn this one died of whooping cough god damn it <laughs> Anna I don't need, need to, to laugh get your it's, shit not it's, <laughs> it's, it's not together. it's not it's terrible but I have to laugh through it to get through it yeah. <laughs> talking about dead children what else can you do but laugh <laughs> yeah <laughs> you see me child's child's cancer ward it's a <gasps> real oh, delight dark <laughs> too dark <Jennifer.
1: laughs> here's the line you went past it <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, now that I know, I'm going to really go past it. <laughs> <laughs> this is why people don't invite me places. <laughs> it's the whole plan. <laughs> I mean, you start making some childhood <laughs> cancer jokes, you'll never have to worry about seeing another soul. <laughs>
1: <laughs> kidding. Not even kidding. me, I don't think I I'm can. am kidding,
0: I'm kidding. All right, so from 19 to 28, he would act religious half the time, but then a massive chat of a person the other half of the time, He would be that drunken asshole who would leave his wife riding his cart under the influence around town, screaming and yelling obscenities at people. I'm mad at you.
1: (laughs) Have a good time. You're in Siberia. All your kids are dying. (laughs) Whatever gets you through the day. (laughs) Whatever,
0: you know. Um, He was also super religious, but like a smelly Jekyll and Hyde kind of thing. He would steal the rent money from his wife to drink with. And he was known to be a thief. And when something was going, when something would go missing, they would often blame it on him. (laughs) Some people stated that he was so evil, he had a small horn growing out of his head, hidden under his rat's nest hair. Rat's Rats nest hair. You get what I'm saying. saying. (laughs) But like, if you look in his pictures, like how his veins kind of come down and Uh they're greasy, what happened is he was stealing a neighbor's fence, like taking it apart, Putting it in a wheelbarrow with the intention of taking that shit. And the neighbor came out and was like, the fuck you will. <laughs> and took an axe and hit him in the Ouchy. head. And <laughs> hit him in the head. Uh, Well, Rasputin had ta- gotten an axe and, ax and was like threatening him. And he picked up The neighbor picked up a piece of wood and hit him on the head and gave him like a permanent goose egg. Was it like Looney Tunes? He hit it and he was like, whoop. <laughs> so... That's what I'm picturing. The next line I wrote is, Becky, what, with your medical knowledge, would you think that is called? (laughs) And now I know it's Looney Tunes. It would be called a hematoma. (gasps) Do they never go away? Or like, just like... Because his stayed for the rest of his life. They said it was a horn trying to grow out of his head, but it really was that. Well, like, medically, it probably was a devil horn. (laughs) (laughs) In my medical opinion of Siberia at the time, it was most definitely a devil horn. (laughs) probably just scar tissue possibly yeah so he would like he grew his hair out and kept it kind of combed over
1: not me i would have parted and let that bitch be there just to like could you imagine when you walk down the street people would most definitely like go to the sides Uh,
0: uh, 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 uh. it was like when covid
1: was in the height and i would go to the store and my Scrubs People <laughs> would literally like walked down to a different aisle. And it, I was like, you know
0: what? I thought it was because you were very
1: royal in your appearance. <laughs> nope, they was afraid. I was literally like a walking COVID spore and I was okay with it. I was wearing it a on purpose leg. because everybody got the fuck out the way.
0: <laughs> she's ground zero. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: Exactly. I was like, should that, have, I should have been wearing
0: scrubs all through the.
1: Yeah, I'm here for it because I can't stand trying to pass someone on aisle and they put their buggy right in the fucking middle or they got it on the left side, but they walk to the right side to look at something. And I'm like, oh, you don't need the whole aisle. No, no. <laughs> you could just cough in your scrubs and they were gone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna start doing that because people will not get out of the way. Of the grocery store sometimes you'd be like, listen, listen. Pandemic. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Anyways. So eventually his bad boy antics would catch up to him and there was yet a. Another horse theft case. And Rasputin and his drunk friends were accused. Now, while his friends were permanently exiled, his involvement wasn't as easy to prove. And in lieu of the suggestion of a temporary exile, he suggested taking a pilgrimage to the St. Nicholas Monastery over 300 miles away. Yeah, that's a long way when you're on a horse and buggy. Now, think about it. Obviously, not the pinnacle of religiosity or whatever like he's not gonna you would think if it was me i would just fuck off for a while do my own thing you know what i mean free bird but he actually decided to pick the most perilous path and began the jury in 1897 to walk that 300 miles walk bruh. yes i complain about the walk from the parking garage to the sky bridge
1: to get to my job. I complain about the walk up my goddamn stairs. <laughs> when you enter the sky bridge, it says it is .3 miles across the sky bridge. God damn! And are you I'm doing all... a marathon every day? <clears throat> Thank you. <laughs> .3 Jesus. miles. He went 300.
0: They don't even have like a little... What are those little things? <laughs> they have... Cops, tr- small cops have? They have? Segways? trolleys, but they don't
1: run at the times that I work.
0: They need to have some segways or like the scooters they have in Austin and San Antonio. People do ride those up from the parking
1: garage and that. but you're not allowed to ride them across the sky bridge but every now and then you see what are see, they going to do catch you you see a road worker on their, on their uh, <laughs> motorized scooter <laughs> this is a hospital this is an emergency I'm like
0: you can't get in trouble if they can't catch you <laughs> <laughs> that's when you start saying they're like who are you and then you say the name of your worst co-worker yeah got you bitch <laughs> won't be getting in my way in the hallway will you bitch <laughs> So he would become a straniki, which is a orthodox holy wanderer. There were varying levels of straniki. Some would truly break from the world and live an aesthetic and devout life away from the influence of the Antichrist on a truly righteous path, while others would still have contact with the world and live the wandering and religious portion. Rasputin would walk and repeat the Lord's prayer as a mantra while begging for all his food, And escaping situations that were dangerous, like um,
1: thieves and stuff
0: stuff like that.
1: Can I just interject a side note real quick? As you're telling this, and I'm imagining this man walking on this godly path to find this new righteousness or whatever, and he's having to beg for food and stuff, that all I keep thinking in the back of my mind is that Jennifer was like, I would tell Jimmy that's what I was going to do, but really,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I would go be a free bird. That's all I keep thinking. (laughs) Listen, if they don't catch you, you ain't gonna get in trouble,
1: are you? And it's not like they know when you come back and tell the stories of where you were and what you experienced and the prayers and all that.
0: Do these not look like they walked 300 miles?
1: (laughs) Actually, 600, 300 there, 300 back. Exactly. Thank you.
0: Thank you. I feel seen. (laughs) I'm gonna go on a religious wandering, okay, Jimmy? I'll be back. We're leaving tomorrow. (laughs) We're leaving tomorrow. Listen, my religious walk of three hundred miles will all happen on a yacht. <laughs> I'll be back next weekend after JJ gets us moved into our house. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man, that was such a good monastery. It's just such a coincidence that the time to go overlapped with the move. It was, you know, I was doing my doing the right thing—a semi-permanent exile and just shit. Just trying like, to get us know. into heaven, JJ. <laughs> just trying to get right with Jesus, okay. <laughs> So he would be sitting there, Lord Jesus, Christ have mercy upon me, a sinner, and you know, sober, dirty, stinky, feet probably fucked up. And so after months of walking, he finally reached the monastery. <laughs> and he met up with a acquaintance and a mystic named Brother Macri. He was a penitent monk. So like self-flagellating guys, you know, the with the cat and nine tails, like they beat mm-hmm. the shit out of themselves to get him closer to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Although it
1: sounds more like a kink. They don't know God unless they know the
0: pain he went through, kind of thing. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like somebody gets hurt from that. I'm just saying. Yeah. You might want to say it's about Jesus, but it don't sound like it. <laughs> no, <thank laughs> unless Jesus is your penis. <laughs> oh. Anyways, Rasputin believed taking advice from Macri was like getting it straight from God instead of a Russian religious hobo with a meth face from hurting himself in penance. So <laughs> at the moment He mod- looks trustworthy. <laughs> like, he's got, he got some mad meth mouth he ain't no liar Uh uh-uh. <laughs> he said he'd suck my dick for five dollars <laughs> <laughs> so at the monastery he found God like an inmate finds God in prison just in dire and miserable conditions and upon his return he basically became a Jehovah's Witness speaking about his religion but still in his weird ass ways he would sing a bunch awkwardly and make weird faces during church service, all while doing his weird body movements, which was extra noticeable because he was fucking six feet four.
1: Yeah, I've seen that.
0: <laughs> Everybody <laughs> back then was tiny. He's over here like. <laughs> Is he having a seizure? I don't fucking know. With his
1: devil horn.
0: With <laughs> my devil horn. my greasy hair. Um, He decided it was time for him to create his own church, and so he held his services in his father's root cellar, which feels like a hostage situation.
1: (laughs) (laughs) At best. Feeling like you're leading into another Jim Jones kind (laughs) of (laughs) thing.
0: Boy, do we ever. No Kool-Aid here, though. Uh, Ah, shucks. There were secret, these little meetings were secret, uh, which made it dirty in his eyes and, of course, made it powerful, which spurred rumors of him joining an anti Church called the Kleisti. They would also call themselves the believers of Christ, but they were called Kleisti based on one of their favorite religious items, a Kleist, which is a whip in English.
1: Yeah, baby. So
0: they're like whippies. Just kidding. I'm not into that. Which Kleisti sounds way cooler than whippies. <laughs> I don't know. I'm leaning towards whippies. <laughs> Whippy. <laughs> so the Kleisti would hold service underground and everyone would wear white robes, singing, making up hymns. And they would be either led by a Christ or a mother of God. A Christ would be a man. A mother of God was a woman. And they would walk around whipping the congregants while they're singing and spinning around. And it's in a dark, basic room with a little yes, bit of sunlight. I'm here for it. No air conditioning so you know shit's getting sweaty. <laughs> and they're peasants so you know they're also dirty. Um, I'm here for it.
1: That's what I do around my house to keep my family in line. I walk around
0: singing hymns, whipping them. <laughs> well, <laughs> What happens next? Maybe not so much. Um, So once I get to a fever pitch, they would all like fall to the ground and be like. And then they'd start fucking.
1: Oh, no. (laughs) No. We don't do that. JJ went. (laughs) (laughs) That is not how uh, I get myself nor JJ in the mood.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Like, as you imagine, it's all these sweaty people covered in blood and dirt. And And then just like welts from whips and stuff. And bass are not regular, so the funk's unreal. Can we say yeast infection? That's how we spread diseases. (laughs) That's how we start diseases. (laughs) They believed that all sex was a sin, but to get rid of all other sin, they would sin with sex to scare the other sin away with their dark courage. So you're scaring the evil, you're scaring the Satan away with the dick.
1: Like, (gasps) thanks for giving my husband a new reason to tell me that I need to have sex more often. He's going to be like, you curse a lot and God is angry. Now you have to fuck me to make it better. (laughs)
0: Let's do the
1: cleasty thing, okay? (laughs) He's like, it's the only way to cleanse your soul. Get really, really dirty.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine him hitting you with a whip one time? I know you didn't just fucking hit me. (laughs) First of all,
1: (laughs) first of all, if... He hit me with the whip. Then you would see me on Channel Three News.
0: <laughs> this bitch, Gilbert crazy Hubs ass midget, midget lady, <laughs> <laughs> burnt her whole house down. <laughs> she said, "Nah, what you not about to do?" <laughs> <laughs> and so he did uh go to a couple clisty services because they also loved to fuck. But he knew he wanted to do more than fuck in middleweight basements. So. He would use hymns like the Ecclesi, but without the sex, hoping he could just create his own system. One day, while working in the fields, he had a vision of the Virgin Mary. She didn't say anything, but she pointed in uh, a direction. Some believed him when he talked about this vision, but they were rural peasants, and it was honestly not uncommon for people to believe the unbelievable, at the time, in the desolate Siberian tundra, because why would make anyone make up visions? So, he just got done having... Dirty orgy
1: sex in a filthy basement. Mm-hmm. And then he was having visions. Sounds mm-hmm. like syphilis to me.
0: It does. But who am I? <laughs> but who am I to judge? I'm just a girl. Doing a podcast. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> With my friend. He's thinking after post orgy in the field these have to be coming from god right obviously obviously so he decided he was being told to go to on another pilgrimage so in 1900 he headed to the monastic community of mount athos in greece walking from siberia would be nearly 2700 miles and google maps informs me that it would take at least 37 days to walk that
1: is that straight walking or any rest
0: straight walking
1: Oh, so a lot longer because he's not going to walk nonstop for 37 days unless.
0: To me, if I ever did, it would be a thousand days because this bitch is
1: not walking. Actually, you said it was 2,700 miles. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It would be 2,700 days because I'm going to do about a mile a day. (coughs)
0: And then I'm (laughs) going to have to rest. (laughs) You do uh, 0.6 miles a day just the sky bridge alone. And then I have to rest for a good eight to 10 hours. (laughs) (laughs) Now, think about this. How long this walk is. How far. He didn't take a bath at all. He would not even touch himself. He wouldn't change his clothes. And when he went to bed, he would chain his hands so he couldn't touch himself at night. He took you to the intro. That's
1: gotta be the worst case of sweaty balls <laughs> ever. Sweaty <laughs> balls. He had to been chafing. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> oh, Because I didn't Mm -mm. think they had underwear then, did he? Just
0: dick and balls flapping around. (laughs) Flapping in the wind, you know what I mean? (laughs) Um, He would actively try to make himself disgusting and unattractive. So he would like sit in swamps for hours and get eaten up by bugs. Already not a fan of not taking a bath thing. But you're going to voluntarily get ate up by fucking mosquitoes and shit. Not here for it. No. Mm -mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. He would eventually become disgusting and he'd cover him with bug bites and grime and whatever other mysteries the road, meaning his smell would gag a maggot on a dump truck. Ugh. Once he arrived in his pristine shape, <laughs> he discovered that nearly all monks of the monasteries were homosexual. Oh. And while he was the freaky type, he weirded him out, so he just left for Siberia. Wait, he walked all that motherfucking <laughs> way and just because they were gay, he was like, ooh, I'm out? Yeah. This took two years of his life to walk all, there and back. A year to fucking grease and a year back.
1: Sounds about like how long it would take me. I'm not even mad about that. But how, first of all, how did he know they were gay? Were they like all like Very fucking open, in the I ass guess. like his dad did his
0: mom? All I don't know if the handyman was there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Nobody could confirm nor deny. Or was he like, oh, it's just a bunch of dudes living in the house. They have to be gay because, dude, that's what monks do because they're like celibate and shit. So I'm just... I don't confused. know. Maybe but, he was delirious from the syphilis and the maggots in the uh, swamps. Who knows? Carry on. Sorry. Just uh,
0: Listen, just the smell alone. Just questions I would be that delirious. come to my head.
1: Just, and I'm a little mad about that he was that. so judgmental. I'm
0: a little mad. <laughs> 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 so, his wife and his children, which basically are... Oh, yeah. Where are they? Afterthoughts the whole fucking time. This whole story, you're going to be wondering. I'm not going to lie, though.
1: If JJ wanted to go fucking hang out in some swamps with sweaty balls for... <laughs> A year, I wouldn't even be
0: mad that he was not at the house. <laughs> I wouldn't even be mad. <laughs> so here's your al, JJ. Sweaty <laughs> balls. If that's the life for you, she's down <laughs> for you to do it solo. <laughs> do it solo. <laughs> and so his you know, wife and children, they were quite used to his pilgrimages and his wife was just also accustomed to him having multiple affairs. That part I don't think is going to go over so well. No, like, not, not so much. This was not... For pleasure at all,
1: according to him. Of course not. I'm sure that's exactly what JJ would tell me if he was having multiple affairs. (laughs) I wasn't enjoying
0: it. It was to become one with God, right? (laughs) He was a godly man, okay? And it was God's divine choice for him to fall dick first into whatever Russian peasant girl that crossed (laughs) his path. It was for God, guys! Get your minds (laughs) out of the gutter. Do you think I enjoyed that? I was
1: doing it for Jesus. (laughs) For Jesus! (laughs) Sounds like a <laughs> so, viable excuse. I'd be like, Except oh. for you guys. Well, no, you're not religious, okay? I'd be like, you did it because you want to see
0: Jesus? Because that's what's about <laughs> to happen. <laughs> ah, that's it. You want to be close to God, son. You I got be, you, fam. You better be six <laughs> feet under, okay? So, word of Rasputin's activity and his charisma began to spread in Siberia during the early 1900s, which had to be incredibly difficult considering it was so fucking desolate. Right? But around 1904, 1905, the recipient said, it's time to visit Kazan. I don't know what Kazan is, but whatever. This is where he acquired his reputation as a wise sterets or a holy man who could help people resolve their spiritual crises and anxieties. Spiritual anxieties? What? I just, that gets me. What are your spiritual anxieties? Maybe going to hell.
1: I mean, I already know I'm going, so... You know, there's a couple and he's like, all right, I got you, fam. The thing is, you gotta beat each other, have an orgy, and then he has to fuck a bunch of people and y'all are good.
0: We're good, swear. All the sins are gone.
1: You're going for to God. heaven.
0: It's his cross to bear. So he, being a stinky, every Russian man's peasant pal, made him like a man to the people. It was highly unusual for such a holy man to be plagued with by the smell of a goat. This was weird considering the significant amount of time in bathhouses that he spent but that may be more because he was busy beating out the devils with his dick instead of washing it. I was going to say, aren't bathhouses just like whorehouses? Basically. Okay. Rasputin. Not actually for baths. No. Bathing his dick. I was going to say, something's getting wet. but <laughs> <laughs> it's... So Rasputin was a very odd character, as I said before. But let's talk about how much he loved the shit out of old Greg. Old Greg? Yeah, Greg. Rasputin. Gregory. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. He would be extremely charismatic and quite curt with his language, being somewhat ill-mannered, but in a fun-loving type of way. Wait a minute. That sounds just like a- us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right. Minus but in a fun-loving
1: but in of a way. But in a
0: fun-loving way. He would give people nicknames and highly curated his look to be as shabby, homeless looking as possible. It gave him this edge. And appeal to the upper crust in a quirky type of way. I that's guess, how you should have asked Julie to cut your hair. I'm going for shabby homeless. Over <laughs> <a> shabby homeless. <laughs> it's kind of like he wanted to be like how Matthew McConaughey doesn't wear deodorant and works out, so he's a reputation of being stinky, but is so beloved that even Texans want him to be governor. Like, I think that's the star quality he kind of had oh. at the time. He, he had or was going for. Oh, he had oh, and okay. was going for. He would be like, hey, you big hair, or hey, big britches, or hey, big breasted woman. Hey, bathtub head. Big <laughs> bathtub <laughs> He would be the bridge between the working class and the rich for the church, a, a way to get more buy-in. Kind of like how Trump is huge in the, with the working class because he skewed and curated his presentation to the public and apparent parent, tell-it-like-it-is attitude. So, like, even though he is not that, he pulled this whole look off. Pulling it off. Well, he did in that bathhouse. <laughs> <laughs> so he was also incredibly talented at reading people and manipulating him with his charm. He would watch. Same. Po- <laughs> right? <laughs> he would watch body language and work people like putty in his hands by curing depression and malaise and with a mere 30 minute conversation somehow. He would also make a lot of predictions that were random, but every once in a while, it would be dead on by a matter of odds. I mean, you make enough guesses, one of them's damned to be right eventually. It'd be like, call me now for your free reading. (laughs) Um, His table manners were alarming. His beard was flecked with food. He licked the spoon before serving it to others. He tore the bread and fish apart with his fingers, and he wiped them on the tablecloth. Some people were like, this is disgusting. Other people were like, oh my God, he's so quirky. <laughs> and it's quite possible that he exaggerated his gushery to set himself apart from um the well mannered aristocracy. You know, he wanted to be his own character. What I'm hearing is that even back then, girls liked red flags. Oh, all of them. <laughs> you see that? That's a that's a sea of flags and they're all red, baby. <laughs> He met with the local bishop of Kazan, and despite rumors that Rasputin was having sex with his female followers, Rasputin impressed him so much he decided it's time for you to go to St. Petersburg, which is like the capital. Florida. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? Basically, the same. It's a bunch of old white people. (laughs) He was like, "I've done Siberia, done the monastery,
1: I've done done Kazan, beaches. (laughs)
0: Let's go, let's go." So, but at the time, you know, it's like. This first pilgrimage to St. Ber- Petersburg, that's like about five years. He goes from being a nothing stinky peasant to being a really popular stinky peasant. <laughs> so, like, real rags, Rich's story. Um, <laughs> Except, like, St. Petersburg was a bit like San Francisco of Russia, okay, at the time. They were very sexually open, very liberal, very relaxed, not
1: conservative. I'm, I'm thinking open homosexuals, which you already know he doesn't like.
0: Yeah. Well, he eventually came around on that. Like, oh, well, good. You know, you love who you love. I guess he was down with any love happening within the vicinity of his crotch. You know, uh-huh. there is I'm also glad to know his judgment is is fading. It was so sexually open. There were a crazy amount of ads for venereal disease cures. If that is any indication of what St. Petersburg was in the early nineteen hundreds, like here you it. got you got the clap. Let's take care of that. <laughs> I feel like they
1: did not have penicillin then, so they weren't taking care of anything. I mean, well, they were probably be like, "Listen,
0: you take this dog's eyeball and you swallow it whole; it'll get rid yeah. of that gonorrhea." That's pretty much how we
1: still treat it now. <laughs> Just so you guys know, She's home nurse. remedy.
0: <laughs> She's a nurse. She would know, man. Uh-huh. Please don't hurt your dogs. <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke, guys. I cannot be held accountable for your actions. <laughs> so many of the people of the St. Petersburg aristocracy or the rich white peoples. They were intensely curious about the occult and the supernatural. So think about like the 1800s, how it was like super popular to do like... Uh... Hang witches and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's way before them, but I like that. <laughs> Close. <laughs> um, but what do they call them? Uh, Ouija seances. Boards? Oh, They were big into seances and stuff like that. So think of it like rich people who have more money than sense looking for a purpose in life. Anything for a new new thrill, new rush, and Rasputin would become that thrill quite soon.
1: I would love to go to a rich people seance. I bet it would be fun. Oh, my God. And have the best snacks. <laughs> oh
0: my. No, they wouldn't be. They'd be all gourmet. Oh, my God. I love caviar. Do I really want Ooh, fish no. eggs in my mouth? No, thank no. you. Um, so he met with St. Petersburg's bishops shortly after his arrival and instantly had three predictions. One of the bishops' mothers would die, one would have an illegitimate child soon, and one would end up with a hernia. Not known whether any of these came true, but it's extremely important to note that people believed they came true in short succession. So, well, I mean, you could pick out any of them and say their mother's going to die, and you're eventually going to be correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And because of this, it caught us attention of Archimandrite Theophan. He was the inspector of the Theological Seminary who was well-connected to St. Petersburg Society and later served as confessor to the Tsar and his wife. He directed connections to the Romanov family and it gave him some serious imperial clout. He had that big dick energy by rubbing it off off somebody <laughs> else. And so he was friendly with Greg and who he actually wrote it down. He's like, who amazes us all with his psychological purpose, ga- purpose... purpose purpose Perspicacity. There you go! perspicacity. If it had not been in that quote, I would not have written that. <laughs> <It's on laughs> and became one of Rasputin's most important and influential friends in St. Petersburg. So Theophan invited Rasputin to his apartment where he introduces old Greg to the black princesses, which... You would think they're talking about us, but they're not. <laughs> they're talking about Malitsa and Anastasia Montenegro, who had married the Tsar's cousins, Grand Duke Peter Nikolavich, and Prince George Maximilianovich Rowanowski. They were nicknamed jointly as well. The Black Peril, the crows, and the cockroaches. They had me until that point. I was like, oh, that's not cool. Something. Yeah. That's just rude. The sisters were both observant and Russian Orthodox Christians, and they were deeply interested in the cult, and they were instrumental to introducing Rasputin to the Tsar and his family. So let's talk about the Romanovs. I know, this is going to be a big history lesson, right? So in order to understand why Rasputin was such a large linchpin to the downfall of the Russian monarchy, we need to learn about the Romanovs. So let's take a stroll through history class lane and talk about Nicholas II. He was born in 1868. Um, during the reign of his grandfather, Emperor Alexander II, he was the eldest child of then Tsarevich Alexander Alexandrovich and his wife Tsarevina Maria Fedorovna. Fedorov- 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 Good job. Princess Dagmar of Denmark was her other title. I, that one was much easier. Thank yeah, you. way easier. So the Tsarevich is similar to like being the prince of wales and so it means that he's the heir apparent to the throne um sadly his grandfather would be assassinated and he would gain the title azarvich at the age of 13 getting him closer to his own ascension it was a pretty fucked up assassination too they blew him up so his legs and guts were blown to bits and they all called the family in to be like all right it's time to say goodbye to grandpapa trauma Ooh, okay. Hopefully, they at least throw a blanket over him. <laughs> he was overeducated and underexperienced. Charming, yet he was by nature timid. He shunned close contact with his subjects, preferring the privacy of his family circle. He was childish and immature, and all these things would, even in his own eyes, make him a terrible emperor one day. Though Nicholas was heir apparent to the throne, his father failed to prepare him for his future role as He attended meetings of the State Council. However, at his fa- as his father was only in his 40s, it was expected to be many years before Nicholas would ascend. His view of this role of an autocrat was childish. childish- <clears throat> his view of the role of autocrat was childishly simple. He derived his authority from God to whom alone he was responsible and it was his sacred duty to preserve his absolute power intact. So basically... God put me in charge. You guys have to listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> he met his second cousin, third cousin, once removed, Alexander Fedorova. Fe- Fedorova. That feels like I'm not saying that right. I'm trying. At another cousin's wedding, so it sounds very West Virginia, <laughs> when he was 16 and she was just 12. It was love at first sight. And I right. get that this is in the late 1800s, but oh, yeah. Princess Alex of Hesse and by Rhine was born June 6, 1872 in New Palace Darmstadt, Grand Duchy of Hesse. How do you say it, Jimmy? Hesse. 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 Hessa. German Empire. Alex was the great grandchild of Queen Victoria. Yes. The grand Queen Victoria of the United Kingdom. Her mother was Princess Alice of the United Kingdom, the second daughter of Queen Victoria, and her husband, Prince Albert, who was the consort. Important to note here that Alex, which is Alexandra, which is um, Nikki, which is what they love to call him, Nikki's wife, was a carrier of the gene for the royal disease, which was hemophilia B. Quite rare, it plagued much of the world's royals due to Queen Victoria's daughters carrying the gene into other royal lines across Europe, So Queen Victoria, her son ended up with hemophilia B and he died from his ailment. And so Alex ended up in the Russians. One of the sisters ended up in the Spanish royalty and they carried the hemophilia over that way because all these people were related anyways to those Mm -hmm. other royal lines. But it cropped up during that reign. So let's just put that little information nugget to the sign because it's going to be very important later. And so, Alex was known for her beauty. She was tall and thin, pale with beautiful, luminous eyes. She was known for her golden hair and rosy complexion, but she was also eternally shy. This is probably where breasting bitch face comes from. (laughs) She was well known for looking haughty, bored, or irritated when she was anything but. She was deeply religious and very generous, even from a young age. Alexandra was serious and melancholic. Her first cousin and childhood friend, Princess Marie Louise, said that she had a curious atmosphere of fatality. Which sounds like very much like an emo girl. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying a curious atmosphere of fatality. Like, like, fatalities and death? Like, I guess. I mean, that's what I took it as. Like, she's like always like, oh, I'm about to die. Oh, I
1: thought it meant she was, like, really liked, like, death. Like, she was, like, one of the first pioneers of liking true crime.
0: Oh, no, 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 (laughs) no. She was just hello dramatic. Oh, okay, okay. okay. (laughs) I know some people like that. Princess Marie Louise allegedly asked her, Alex, you always play at being sorrowful. One day the Almighty will send you some real crushing sorrows, and then what are you going to do? And I'm like, oh! Mm. So due to her mother dying during a diphtheria outbreak, Queen Victoria doted on the motherless Alex and became her surrogate mother. So she was very close to Queen Victoria. She felt very protective of Alex and she called her Aleki. And she declared that while I live, Alecky, till she is married, will be more than ever my own child. And despite Queen Victoria wanting her to be engaged, the future King Edward V, which is Queen Elizabeth's grandfather, Right? Mm. I'm pretty sure. Is he the grand yes, grandfather? That's what it is. She fell in love with Nicholas and eventually Queen Victoria was like, fucking fine, you can marry Nicholas. <laughs> Direct quote. Direct quote. Um, in 1894, he finally got permission from his parents to propose to Alex. They had said no several times until they realized the emperor's rapidly declining health meant that they might need to get a move on so he could start making some errors. Alex said no to Nicholas several times because she did not want to convert from being Lutheran to Russian Orthodoxy. But she eventually also relented. Fucking fine. I'll marry you. She told Nicholas that even though it grieves me terribly, it makes me very unhappy not to marry him. Leaving the Lutheran church would be a wrongful thing. By that autumn, Alexander III lay dying, which was Nicholas's father. Upon learning that he would only live a fortnight, the Tsar had Nicholas summon Alex to the Imperial Palace. And on the 1st of November, 1894, Alexander III died at Mele Palace, Lavadia, mm. age 49, leaving 26-year-old Nicholas as Tsar of Russia. Twenty-six. Listen, I'm 35. I barely don't even know how people trust me with a child, okay? <laughs> he was so bereft in grief and fear. He asked his cousin and brother-in-law, Grand Duke Alexander, what's going to happen to me in all of Russia? Nicholas's wedding to Alex took place on the 26th of November 1894, which was the birthday of the Dowager Empress Maria Fedorova. Federo, anyway, and court mourning <laughs> could be slightly relaxed, so Alexandra wore the traditional dress of the Romanov brides, and Nicholas a hussar's uniform. They both held a lit candle, faced the priest, and were married a few minutes before one in the afternoon in a very simple ceremony. Once married, planning for Nicholas's coronation was like top of the agenda, not knowing it was going to be the last coronation that would ever happen in the Mm -hmm. Russian Empire. It took place May 26, 1896 in Dormaton Cathedral in Moscow, Kremlin, during the nearly month long coronation period. On May 30th, a celebration day banquet was going to be held for the people of Hadinka Field. Oh, held for the people at Hadinka Field. In the area town square, theaters, 150 buffets for distribution of gifts, and 20 pubs were built for the celebrations, which sounds like a fucking good time. I didn't get one pub built. Not one motherfucking pub. Near the celebration square, there was a field and that had a ravine and like a bunch of goalies. And so on the evening of May 29th, people who had heard rumors of coronations began to gather in anticipation. The gifts were, which everyone was to receive, was a bread roll, a sausage, pretzels, gingerbread, and a commemorative cup. Now remember, at this time in Russia, it was, people were starving. So they were like, going just for the yeah. goodie bag? They were like, fuck yeah, you give me some sausage, son, I'll take a pretzel. And a commemorative cup? Fuck yeah. I son. love a commemorative cup. <laughs> Say less. Say, Say less. <laughs> <laughs> at about six o'clock in the morning, of the celebration day, several thousand people, estimates were probably near 500,000, were already That's gathered. a lot of cups. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of cups, Tony.
1: They're like, hey, pop, we know you only whittled 500 cups, but we got a few more people. <laughs> You're going to not have to
0: pick up our <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna I owe supply you Supply
1: and it. demand. Supply and
0: demand. <laughs> <laughs> people out there hawking it like a fucking hockey game. <laughs> So we're already gathered on the field. Rumors spread among the people that there were not enough beer pretzels for everybody. Duh. And That the enamel cups were contained gold coins. So that like really started stirring people up. Like, oh shit, we might not get one. And I heard there's fucking coins. Hold up, I get a cup and it has a gold coin in it. Fuck yeah, call me See and less. a pretzel.
1: I didn't get none of that at my fucking wedding
0: or birthday because it's basically what a coronation is. I'm just going looking to. at you, JJ. Just looking at you, JJ. And yeah. she ain't got a single chalice. Nope, not a single, <laughs> not one cup. Okay, you're saying I'm gonna need you to rectify that. My birthday is
1: in a few months, like nine. Take note. You have plenty of time. <laughs> you can start whittling now.
0: <laughs> Listen, I hope he does buy you one, I hope and he you does open too. that box and be like, "The fuck are you doing?" And I hope it has raptor calls coming out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. It's happening, <laughs> and so a police force of 1,800 men failed to maintain civil order, and a catastrophic crowd rush occurred. Uh, shocking, yeah. It was like it Astro like World concert. all over again. <laughs> <laughs> what was he? He was doing during the hey? He fell down. Eh, eh. <laughs> what are you doing? Auto tune full force. <laughs> A total of 1,282 corpses were collected from the scene and the injured number between 9,000 and 20,000, which feels like a very large, like, you know, 9,000, 20,000. Not exactly close Somewhere to Somewhere in there. I don't know. I'm not good at counting, okay? <laughs> you lost me at 9,001. Well, there are probably, like, 20,000
1: complain, but we know, like, 10,000 are just saying it to try to get their cup. Yeah, they just try to get a cup. <laughs> now you're just trying to get shit. I won't sue you if you give me a cup for my knee that I
0: hurt. <laughs> <gasps> ow! Ow! I got the whiplash! Ah! <laughs> a cup will sure make it go away! <laughs> you better have two coins in that, bitch. And So most of the victims were actually trapped in the ditches and the gullies, and they were trampled or suffocated Yikes. there. That doesn't sound like a good way to go. No. Um, despite the tragedy, the program of festivities continued as planned elsewhere on the large field, with many people unaware of what happened. Okay, first of all, they
1: were not unaware.
0: <laughs> they just they just ignored it. yeah, like, I ain't seen shit when I trampled that person in their face. They were like, "But when you had
1: your coronation, did twenty thousand people get trampled at death trying to get to you? Say less.
0: <laughs> so the emperor and the Empress made an uh, appearance at the front of the crowd at the balcony of the Czar's pavilion 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 <laughs> papillon. In the middle of the field around 2 p.m. By that, the traces of the incident had been cleaned up. But the memories of it, unerasable. A festival ball was scheduled that night at the French embassy. And when Nicholas heard of the stampede, he could not display the slightest emotion. And that night attended a ball given in his honor. First of all, he couldn't or didn't care. Truly didn't have any emotion. Like he really didn't have any. Like he was just like, "Uh, Okay. Oh, I thought you said he was like putting on a show like he's like, I
1: can't let oh, no. people know I'm upset. No, no, no. he, just he was basically
0: doing the Travis Scott. Like, I feel so sad about <laughs> this. But it was a sick show. Li <laughs> Ha China's Imperial Commissioner on a, a European tour, was the most notable witness. Li was amused and said a Chinese emperor would not have attended a ball. Like, I'm just saying that's pretty trashy. The Chinese would never (laughs) do that. The government distributed a large amount of aid to the families of the dead, and a number of minor officials were dismissed. The negligence and the tone-deaf response of the imperial authorities, however, caused further public indignation, which, I mean, they were trying to hush it away. So, I get it. The radiant smile of the face of the Grand Duke Sergei prompted foreigners to remark that the Romanovs lacked judgment. Grand Duke Sergei Alexandrovich, was then the governor general of Moscow and he became known as the Prince of Hadinka and the emperor received the name Nicholas the Bloody because of this incident. Mm. To know how deeply this affected Nikki, let's hear an excerpt about it from his diary. So I'm going to try to do it in my best Russian accent, okay? Yes, I'm here for it. Until now, everything was going, thank God, like clockwork. But today there was a great mishap. The crowd staying overnight in Hadinka, awaiting the start of the distribution. Of, I'm not doing this. This I cannot. <laughs> distribution <laughs> of lunch and mugs pushed against buildings, and there was such a terrible crush, awful to stay it trampled around 1,300 people. I found out about it 10 and a half hours before the report of Vanofsky. A disgusting impression was left by this news. At 12 and a half, we had lunch. Then Alex went to Hadinka to be present at this sad national holiday. Actually, there was nothing going on. We looked from the pavilion at the huge crowd that surrounded the stage from which the orchestra played all the time, Anthem and Glory. We went to Petrovsky, where the gate I received several delegations and entered the yard. Here, dinner was served under four tents for all the leadership heads. I had to make a speech and then another for the assembled marshals of the nobility. After going around the table, we left for the Kremlin. Dinner at Mamaza at Went to the ball at Montebello's. It was very nicely arranged, but the heat was unbearable. After dinner, we left it too. That's what he wrote. <laughs> that is an actual fucking... I'm not sitting here going like, dinner at my as at 8. No, this motherfucker wrote that shit. Like, dear diary. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. It was only the beginning of the bad decisions that the Tsar and Tsarina fumbled upon that led them to Rasputin, basically. He fumbled in and out of the Russo-Japanese War. He also publicly condemned a anti-Semitic rioting, but in a not but in not so secret, he was like, "Go, guys." <laughs> he <laughs> viewed anti-Semitism as a useful tool for unifying people behind the government. However, in 1911, following the assassination of Pyotr Stolypin by the Jewish revolutionary Dmitry Bogrov. He approved the government efforts to prevent anti-Semitic pogroms. pogroms. Whoopsie. <laughs> so, pretty much like how Abraham Lincoln was with the, um, his views of slavery. He often said that, like, abolishing slavery was the best way to get rid of the Civil War. If keeping slavery had ended the war, he would have chose that. Whatever was going to end the war, Abraham Lincoln was down to clown with, Okay. <laughs> Basically the same thing with the czar. Like, you what? You don't like the Jews? Uh, me neither. Wait, you love the Jews? Ju- me too, fam. Why have people been hating on the Jews for so long? I mean. Even today. Like, leave them the fuck alone. What'd they do to you? Like, have you ever had a challah bread? Okay. Have you ever had matzo ball soup? It's fucking- did, am I missing a part of history where Jews did like a really terrible thing to the world? Uh, my grandma, who was a diehard Christian, told me that the Jews were responsible for Jesus being dead. But that was an old white lady in Florida. So, so I cannot tell you that that was factual. She might have been as old as Jesus, but it was the Jews' fault that God died? Apparently. I mean, I you gotta believe the God
1: God to, to give a shit if they were responsible or not <laughs> to begin with.
0: I'm just saying, some of the best weddings I've been to were Jewish weddings. Some of the best meals I've had were with Jewish people. I don't know what the hate is. But he this, killed God apparently. He was basically a switch hitter on on, on being an anti Semitic. Like he's either, Is that
1: why Hitler didn't like the
0: Jews? Um, he thought the Aryans were the master race and that they were inferior. He was also did not like gays, minorities. There were other people that were in the concentration camps. Like the pink triangle, like you know they had the yellow star David for Jews. The pink triangle was for like homosexuals. It was more than just it, he wanted like white. Red, blonde high. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We only use salt and pepper type of folks. <laughs> we all know you gotta have a little
1: bit of s- little little spice. Okay? Listen kids, this is what happens when you don't pay attention in history class. You turn out like me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you get to learn it from me. Yes. And I'm and JJ. And Jimmy, I've never met those They're over here shaking keepers. their head and cosigning shit. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> they're like, you know what? Sounds legit. They're like, your grandma was smart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So one of the biggest fuck-ups was Bloody Sunday. Some call it Red Sunday, but it was a series of events on the 22nd of January, 1905 in St. Petersburg, Russia, where unarmed demonstrators led by Father Gregory Gapon was fired upon by soldiers of the Imperial Guard as they marched towards the Winter Palace to present a petition to the Tsar of Russia. Now, you probably feel that, Ferris Bueller, like, how did we get here? So let's start... (laughs) Why they were marching with the emancipation of peasants, not to be confused with Mariah Carey's album, Emancipation of Mimi, the peasants in the (laughs) I hate you. You fucking love me. (laughs) Uh, The peasants in the Russian Empire went from being, you know, peasants in the field to temporary urban workers who are paid extremely low wages and worked in extremely dangerous places. This new working class of former peasants grew in population in urban areas versus the previous style of leaving the cities to head back to the farm. They worked in sweatshop conditions for pennies. on how I feel about my job sometimes. Right? (laughs) Causing the workers, led by um, Prescapul, to draft a petition to make clear the problems and opinions of the workers and called for improved working conditions, fair wages, and a reduction in the working day to eight hours. How long were these fucking people working that they were like, you know what? Eight hours. We need. We cannot. (laughs) Bitch, I want to work maybe four hours. They were like, I'm being treated like slave labor because I work eight hours. No, they were like, we want to go down to normal hours, like eight hours. How, like, they were working way oh. long days. <laughs> they were asking, I thought they were like, This is
1: ridiculous. I'm working eight hours a day. <laughs> no, no. How I feel. They were like,
0: This is ridiculous. You got us working 24 hours a day. I'm like, 30 minutes is a lot. Okay. <laughs> but now you work nothing. Exactly. I'm down for that. See, <laughs> made for this life. And so some other demands were calls for the end of the unpopular Russo-Japanese War and universal suffrage. So the March on the Winter Palace was not a... What years are we in now? This was in 1905. Okay, okay. So the March on the Winter Palace was not a revolutionary or rebellious act, though it was done against the permission of public authorities. The workers of St. Petersburg just wanted to have fair treatment, and they wanted to have better working conditions. So they were like, let's write up this petition, and let's... See if he'll act on it, because in their eyes, God appointed the Tsar, and therefore the Tsar had an obligation to protect the people and do what was best for them. Oh, that's adorable, they thought that. It is so cool. Oh my God, have they not met Americans, right? (laughs) Written in subservient terms, and ended with a reminder to the Tsar that his obligation to the people of Russia... And their resolve to do what it took to ensure their pleas were met. It concluded, and if thou dost not so order and dost not respond to our pleas, we will die here in the square before thy palace.
1: Thus we'll fuck
0: around and find out. (laughs) (laughs) In pre-dawn darkness on the morning of Sunday 22nd, 1905, January. So I have it all like written in the way Europeans write things, which is the date, month, year. So it fucks me up because I'm an American Uh, and we don't like to do things that way. We want a month, day, year. (laughs) So it's January 22nd, It's okay to add a little class to your life, Jennifer. (laughs) Okay. Class (laughs) with a K. (laughs) And so they started out that morning with the striking workers and their families. They began to gather at six points in the industrial outskirts of St. Petersburg. They were holding religious icons and singing hymns and patriotic songs like God Save the Tsar." And a crowd of more than 3,000 proceeded without police interference towards the Winter Palace, which was the Tsar's official residence. They were unaware that he wasn't even there. His wife was like, y'all hear this shit's happening? We getting the fuck up out of here. And he was like, nah, we don't need to go. And she's like, the fuck, the fuck we staying? And they were like, like, according to this graph, if we continue to fuck around, we will find out. So they shagged ass, as Becky (laughs) used to say. And while a good leader would receive and listen to these peaceful protesters, he, him not being there appeared cold and uncaring, which really was. So a report had been made to the Tsar that there were measures being taken, you know, to contain all these protesters. Uh, Substantial military forces were deployed in and around the environment of the Winter Palace. These comprised units of Imperial Guard, who were provided the permanent garrison of St. Petersburg and the Cossacks, Plus, infantry regiments brought in by rail in the morning of January the 9th from Paskov and Raval. The troops, who now numbered 10,000, had been ordered to halt the columns of marchers before they reached the palace square. But the reaction of the government forces were inconsistent and confused. The first incident of shooting happened between 10 and 11 a.m., There was no single encounter directly before the Winter Palace, as often portrayed, but series of separate collisions at the bridges or other entry points to the city. So it's like everything's fucking going down every fucking where. It's not just one catalyst, it's everything disintegrating. So the number of killed in that day's clashes were uncertain. But the SARS officials recorded 96 dead, 333 injured. Anti-government sources claimed that more than 4,000 dead Moderate estimates probably averaged around 1,000 killed or wounded, both from shots and being trampled during the panic. Another source noted that the official estimate was 132 people killed. Although he was not at the Winter Palace, he was widely blamed for the inefficiency and callousness in which the crisis had been handled. His absence from the city, against advice from his, you know, the people around him, reflected his poor observations and delusions that he would show on other occasions, basically. The killing of people, many of whom had seen Tsar as their little father, resulted in many losing their faith in the autocracy. A widely quoted reaction was, we no longer have a Tsar. Hmm. They got him. <laughs> they did. The social contract between the Tsar and the people had been broken, which delegitimized the position of the Tsar and his divine right to rule. I looked at this guy like he was a fucking god. He was made from... Basically, Jesus is Jiz jizz or some shit. <laughs> and they were like, oh shit, maybe he ain't really that good. So, although Bloody Sunday was not initiated as a revolutionary act, the repercussions and the government's reaction laid the foundations for a revolution. And so hence the 1905 revolution, which was the start of several, actually. It's not just one revolution. They fucked around and found out several times. <laughs> This occurred after unrest had spread across the Russian Empire. The mass unrest was directed towards the czar, the nobility, the ruling class. It included worker strikes, peasant unrest, military mutinies. These workers were not dumb peasants that they were being portrayed as, but they're a larger collection of intelligent, strong-willed people dedicating their lives to improving working conditions for themselves and others. So, what happens when you underestimate people. That's fucking right. That's fucking right. I've got a whole lot of that this week. <laughs> It's very get-rich-or-die-trying attitude, really. Um, <laughs> Grand Duke Sergei, which was Nicholas's uncle and the mayor of Moscow, 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 was a brutal asshole. Everybody fucking hated this guy. He's a real dickwad. <laughs> As he believed, royals were very fucking superior and then he would hunt down anybody who would even dare protest. Like, the audacity. Mm. He was the opinion that only... The utmost severity could put an end to the revolutionary ferment. And boy, did they dare. By planning on blowing that motherfucker up. <laughs> and so, the terrorist organization, the Socialist Revolutionary Party's combat detachment, kept him under surveillance and was set to assassinate him till they realized they were there were kids in the carriage. And they were like, ah, oh, fuck, there's fucking children. Cut it, cut it, cut it, cut it. So... Knowing that would probably, fuck, be a real buzzkill to the revolution, they were like, we're just going to have to cut it and replan this. And so on February 17th, let me find that out, I'll have a child with me all the time, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I one strapped to my back and my friend came and shoot me. <laughs> you ain't going to get me, bitch.
0: <laughs> and so the carriage of the Grand Duke was headed for the governor general's mansion when Ivan Kalyayev stepped forward and threw a nitroglycerin bomb right in that motherfucker's lap. The explosion disintegrated the carriage and the Grand Duke died immediately. Scattered all over the blood, spayed snow, lay pieces of scorched fur, cloth, leather. The body of the Grand Duke was mutilated. The head and the upper part of the the chest and the left shoulder were like fucking blown off. Completely destroyed. Some of his fingers, which still had rings on them. They were found in a nearby building. (laughs) Did the people like pilgrimage and get the rings? But I'm sure they probably did. I would have. So being I'd so like, delusional what? on why this would happen, Sergei's wife went to go see Ivan in prison. And she was like, why'd you kill my husband? He's like, this is a quote. I killed Sergei Alexandrovich because he was a weapon of tyranny. I was taking revenge for the people. I'd be like, really, bitch? You really have to ask me that. Yeah. It's just another example of first world problems in the form of rich kids in a bubble mm-hmm okay. exactly what it is so his death. some things never change they never change bro who's you know my daddy's <laughs> uh your dad is murdoch and he's in jail right now okay <laughs> <laughs> try getting that buster <laughs> so sergey's death was an unstoppable freight train of death as russians revolt and yet nicholas was still in denial this whole fucking time he spoke to his secretary you're talking as if this is a revolution. To which the minister replied, Your Imperial Majesty, this is. is a revolution.
1: Wake up, son.
0: <laughs> and so this ended up, you know, forcing Nicholas to enact a Duma. In just like you, the United Kingdom has Parliament, this is what a Duma is pretty much. Except the Duma has almost no fucking power and he can tear them apart and put them back together anytime he fucking wants. It's basically was something to just make everybody feel better about it.
1: I'm picturing this guy up in his castle looking like Cersei when, like, the shit was really raining down. She's like, no, it's all right, it's all right. They're not going to do nothing. It's all right, it's all right. And they're like, oh, like, the bricks are literally falling around us. Like, she's like, no, 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 it's cool, it's cool. No one's going to do anything.
0: Nothing's happening. It's Don't like, worry. Mm. This bitch ain't ever phone. <laughs> and then it did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and So, Nicholas was a petty bitch about this, you know, about Sergi being killed. And he pretty much started cracking down on revolutionaries. And it ended up with alarming rates of arrest and executions. Oh, I'm sure. And that's where we're going to leave for today. And the next time, we're going to pick up on the Tsarina, Alexandra, and how fucking dumb she is. And her relationship <laughs> with Rasputin and his rise to fame. I'm excited. This yeah. was a fun little history lesson. It. So this was probably going to be the more boring of the episodes because I have to, like, for me, for the longest time, like, I knew that there was imperial unrest in Russia. And that's what led to the Romanovs dying and everything and Rasputin and all that jazz. But I did not know why they were so upset. So hearing, like, all these, like, it's very Marie Antoinette, like, you can have your cake. Well, let them have cake. Just let them have cake if that's all we have. Like, (laughs) Like, you guys, solve the problems. Very Kim Kardashian-ish, okay? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm really excited about the next time because to hear um, what it was like for this arena and her children. And then you hear about Anastasia, which is not as important of a character as people make her out to be. But that's it for now. If my history teachers would have taught history like this, I'd have paid attention more. Listen, I've said jizz in this episode. Exactly. they it was said like that when too. I had jury duty a couple weeks back and they had to say the word pussy in opening and closing statements. I'm here for it. Like, oh, what was he found guilty? Oh, no, we found him not guilty because it was an illegal arrest to begin with. But it was amazing to watch every bit of that footage. I <laughs> bet it was. It sounds like a good time. He, uh, I will never look at Thanksgiving the same. He was sitting there on the ground and he told the officers... Yo mama sucked my dick. She gobbled it up. I don't even know it was Thanksgiving. How the fuck am I going to... I'm sitting there trying to look like I'm like flabbergasted because all these other ladies are like They're like <gasps> clutching their
1: pearls. I'm you're like
0: going like, oh my god, that's fucking good. That was a good roast. Did nobody really laugh? Nobody. I would have. I was fucking dying. So gobbled it up.
1: I can't tell you how many times I've been in a room for, like, a meeting or something when someone said something that was, I I guess it was inappropriate, and I'll be like, (laughs) and then everybody turns and looks at me, and I'm like, not the right time. Sorry, I lost my breath. (laughs) Yeah. I choked on something. My water went down the wrong pipe.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This kid was so fucking, like, he was, he had mental issues and stuff like that, which was why he was doing, he had delusions of grandeur, and this was his delusions of grandeur. Bitch, I make $20 an hour. I drive a 2011 Ford F-150. Can't get with me, motherfucker. <laughs> and then he said the N-word. This is a white oh, kid. No. He says the N-word and every one of the officers went, Oh, mm-mm, <laughs> sir, bro, bro. <laughs> 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 it was the best. I would pay I would pay anything to listen to this kid talk about his the officer's mama sucking him his dick to the tune of red hot chili peppers on the way to Galveston County Jail. <laughs> 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 10 out of 10. I know I got it. <laughs> I'm here for it. All right, you guys. So, uh, find us on Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, check out our merch. Tell us about your own too close to home stories. Do you, do you know anything about Resputin? Tell me what you know, but until next time, Stay safe. Keep your on a swivel.
1: And don't bring it so close to home that people get trampled in the goalies in your front yard.
0: Exactly. Don't, I mean, over a cup with a gold coin. I don't know. For a cup with a gold coin, I might. Well, don't I mean, do it for
1: a pretzel, though.
0: Not for a pretzel, son. No. Not for schnitzel. Mm,
1: I don't know. I've had some good schnitzel. <laughs>
0: oh, Well, you gotta talk about JJ like that. He's... <laughs> He is not a piece of meat. Oh, yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I keep the sin away. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you the sin away. I'm a baby. <laughs> Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode of Too Close to Home, don't forget to rate and subscribe to us on most platforms. Follow us on our social media at Too Close Home Pod on Facebook, at Too Close Podcast on Instagram, or if you have your own Too Close to Home experience, shoot us your story at Home at Yahoo.com. Thanks for listening.